Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. You're listening to an encore presentation of Invest Talk. Please call with your questions and comments, though, 888 99 Chart, 888 99 C H A R T, and Steve will answer them on the next Invest Talk. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. I appreciate you being here. It is Friday. I'm Steve Peasley, and I welcome you to Invest Talk. On our website, we proudly declare the, this true. The InvestTalk commitment to reason and common sense guidance can help you be a better investor. Simple as that. That's our objective on InvestTalk, to help you become a better-than-average investor. So we welcome your calls in that effort. We, we Our number is 888-99-CHART. We welcome all calls. Anything financial, please don't hesitate to call. Now, I know you can't come here each weekday for financial investment news, so I'm going to get to it. You know, there was a lot of financial news out this week and today as well. You know, we know we had the Fed meeting. And they said they're not going to raise rates. Okay, that's fine. Uh, but they're probably going to raise in December. So don't get too excited. It's, they're still on their rate-raising binge. They say they're going to continue raising them slowly. After they met, that's what they said. So you can't, you know, just you know, dis- disregard that. Um, there's also a report out there that w- when there's a... Uh, Split government and a Republican-led uh, uh, presidency market doesn't do so well. Well, that's the the stock market does better with Democrats. There's no doubt about that. Democrats in charge, stock market does better. So the question is why? You know, but you know, none of these statistics that, and I share a lot of them with you in my newsletters and market commentaries in here on the air. None of these statistics prove anything. They just, you know, the, the, the more reliable ones you can kind of lean on for a repetitive action. Like, for instance, it's pretty reliable that this time of year the market is strong. It bottoms in October, and then we have a rally to the end of the year, the beginning of next year. This is the best time of the stock market year. But doesn't mean it happens every time, you know, that there's it's up. It's that kind of thing. But it generally happens. It happens more often than, you know, what, 60%, 70%. But there's always that 30 40% it doesn't. So you can't rely on any of those kinds of stats. So don't rely on them. They're just pieces of information you plug away into your mind and then go look at other pieces of information and try to build a picture. U.S., uh, the... There's a, there's a, there's, I want to talk later about oil prices. They've been down strikingly hard. And did you see the inflation news on the, on the consumer level? That also is an oil-related topic. And I'm going to get to those. I'm going to get to that today. That's going to be one of my talking points. But before we get that, why don't we go ahead and take a caller. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Stephen, Justin, Carson from Del Rio, Texas. Uh, question for you guys. When you hold a mutual fund or an ETF, uh, you own tiny portions of lots of different stocks, but what happens to your voting rights 
for those individual companies, whereas if you held an individual stock, you get one vote per share. Well, who gets to make votes for the companies that are within the fund? Thanks. Look forward to hearing your answer on the show. Well, that's actually a pretty good question. It's not you. It's the mutual fund who decides that. And that's one of the filings. If you look at the prospectus, it talks about that. But that's one of the things about mutual funds and ETS because they own a bunch of stocks. And you, know, you don't want to get 500. Uh, uh, if you have the S&P 500, that's 500 different stocks. You're not going to get 500 proxies to vote. You're not. How would you like to get those in the mail? <laughs> So you won't. That that those that's left up to mutual fund to vote the way they want to vote. Um, but it is a good question because if you own an individual stock, you get to vote. Not that you being a, a owner makes makes your vote worth anything because you know there's huge institutions and big blocks of votes that you know just swamp you and me. You know it doesn't we we, we don't we don't mean much in the scope of things. We really don't. I'm Steve Peasley. I invite you to check out our new online training experience, Best Talk Academy. It debuted last week, and I will be doing it this week on Thursday. Justin and I are looking forward to, to the classes. I, it seems like a fun thing to me. I'm going to enjoy it, I think. And help you become a better investor. That's all it's about. You want to sign up, you go to investtalkacademy.com. But now I'm ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHART. You're listening to an encore presentation of Invest Talk. Please call with your questions and comments, though, 888 99 Chart, 888 99 Chart, and Steve will answer them on the next Invest Talk. Now let's go to Will in Los Angeles. How are you doing, Will? Appreciate the call. This is my first time calling, and Good. I just heard about the show. Thank you. I'm a young guy, you know, I'm about 27. Good. And, uh, and basically, I want to ask for someone who is in long run, as uh, most likely not going to be working at a corporation, is going to be doing, you know, either uh, sort of freelance work or someone working for himself, not going to have a corporate four hundred one k. Okay. Uh, what kind of investment vehicle would you recommend for someone who's going to start out with maybe two or three thousand dollars that doesn't have the big enough amount of money to go to the big mutual fund companies and stuff okay. like that? What kind of investment vehicle would you best? advice for someone who wants to put two to $3,000 aside for the next 20 years, not touch it, and then see that money grow. That's pretty easy, Will. You're going to start using an IRA, and I would suggest a Roth IRA for you because you're so young. Now, okay. why do I say that? If you start with a Roth IRA, you could open it up at like any of the big houses, like I, I wanted you to do it at a discount houses, like Schwab or Fidelity. And as an IRA, even if it's only two or three thousand dollars, they allow you to put less money in it than the minimums. They have different minimums for non-IRA accounts and IRA accounts. Okay. So an IRA, you can put less money in. Most of them allow as low as five hundred dollars into a one particular mutual fund. Why did okay. they do that? Because well, they think you're going to continue to put money over it over the next twenty years, and they want to keep you. Okay. So all you do is open up an IRA, and I would suggest uh, either a Schwab One program, which means you know what loads are. I'll admit I'm. I guess I'm somewhat ignorant to when That's it comes okay. to investing. So. Will we all had to start somewhere? Don't ever say I don't know. I guess I should have started. No, 
you're still young. This is the time you start, and I'll help you without any cost. I just want to help you. I would suggest go to Schwab and say, I want to open up a Schwab One mutual fund IRA account. Okay. And once you do that, if you'll email me, go to investtalk.com and click on the Contact Us button. That's an email that comes directly to me. Okay. I will tell you which funds I think you should buy. Okay. And they will be no load means commission. There'll be no load, no commissions to anybody for anything. I don't believe in paying a commission when you buy a mutual fund. And we'll probably buy two or three. If you have put two or three thousand, we probably can get two or three. And we'll, if I can ever tell you anything, anything about the stock market, always buy it when everybody else is selling it. Okay. Everybody hates the stock market now. This is time to start buying. All right. Thanks, Will. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Here are the directions for reaching Steve this afternoon with your question. Just call 888-99-CHART, C-H-A-R-T. Have a question about how best to get into the market? Or maybe you're feeling unsure about your current investments. That's what this is all about. This is Invest Talk. Let's go to Art in Menlo Park. How are you doing, Art? Hi, Steve. Um, I just wanted to uh, just try to get a little feedback on uh, my retirement. Um, sure. Right now, uh, I'm... I'm looking at within the next five years or so uh, leaving the company, okay. and right now I've, we're in uh, Vanguard, and I got like a uh, bulk of my um, funds in uh, Prime Cap. That's yes. about half. Right. And I'm kind of like uh, divert more into like Wellington, yes, and uh, into the money market right now. Okay. And I was just actually just wondering, like, if the market goes up, you know, to the fourteen or fourteen five area, yes. I was wondering uh, what you felt like uh, if I were to like divest some of the uh, prime cap into either Wellington or money market. Well, money market is just money market. It's you're only make three percent or so. That's it. Right. The two, Wellington and the Prime Cap, are stock accounts, equity mutual funds. So they're right. tied to the stock market. And you're saying you're going to retire and shortly? Within the next five years or so. Okay. Well, five years is a, is a long time. I would probably exit the money market for the time being. Uh-huh. If you've got five years, I'd exit that money market, move it into the Prime Cap or the Wellington. Oh, okay. Because actually I was just trying to uh, figure out what would be uh, the safer of the... You know, the safest of those three is the money market. That's that's the safest. Uh-huh. But you're not going to get much return either. Right. You know, you're presented to me, Art, that maybe five years. Five yeah. years is a goodly amount of time. And I think uh-huh. in five years, the stock market's going to be higher than it is now, a lot higher. If that's all you have, I would probably be fully invested and then maybe in two or three years, start to get more conservative and more conservative, more conservative, until you get not so exposed to the market. Stock yeah, because basically that's what I was uh, trying to figure out here, uh, you know, my exposure in the market as far as being in and if we had another downturn type of a thing. Art, I'll tell you this. The chances of us having a market like we had in 2000, 2001, 2003 are extremely slim, very rare. That's probably not going to happen. I never can say, you never can say it won't happen. Anybody uh-huh. say it could, but you don't see that once in a generation or so. Uh-huh. Okay, so we've already had it, that big downturn. So the chances are good that we're not going to have it again. And I do think that the whole world is growing very strong, and uh-huh. that is going to make stock prices go up. Oh, okay. I would be more comfortable with the risk if I had five years. I'd be comfortable with the risk. As far as the uh, diversification goes, um, yes. w- uh, right now I'm probably about, like I say, about half in prime cap. 
would you uh, divert any of that into like Wellington to like kind of like even them out? Well, what you need to do is look at if you look at the holdings of both those companies, both those mutual funds. Those are mutual funds at Vanguard. Everybody, right. that's what we're talking about. I think you'll find a lot of overlap. In other words, one company owns a lot of the same. Both own a lot of the same stocks. Uh huh. So yeah, I would, I would check out that. Go to Morningstar.com and just check the top ten holdings of both companies and see how many, how much overlap. I think you'll find there's a lot, and therefore there doesn't really make a lot of difference which way you go. Oh, okay. Are the, are the funds uh, basically uh, like the same size as far as? Uh, They're both uh, both very large. Oh, okay. So the uh, the downside is like mitigated a little bit. Then. Well, almost own the whole stock market. So oh. if you think the stock market's going to go up, probably both those will go up. If the stock oh, market's okay. going to go down. Both those will go down. And uh, lastly, um, as far as uh, I've got like um, only about five percent in the uh, index five hundred. I was actually thinking about divesting that and, and putting it into the uh, either the prime cap or uh, Wellington. Well, what I would do before you did that, Art, is compare the performance of the S&P 500 the last, oh, I don't know, three years, five years, with those others two, and uh -huh. see which one's been outperforming. Oh, okay. And I'd go with the one that's outperforming. Right now, you'd say that as far as the uh, money market goes, you'd probably put uh, some of those funds back into the market then? Yes, I would. I would. I would put start putting them back in the market. I wouldn't do it all at one time, but I'd do it over the next few months, yes. Oh, okay. Thanks, Art. Okay. Appreciate the Thanks call. Thanks a lot. Today's main talking point, seven jobs you can do from home to earn more than $75,000. Apparently, for some skills, some skills that you may have or may not have, but for some skills, remote working can, be a, can make a lot of money for you rather than going into an office. So we're going to talk about that today. I have several things. I want to talk about oil. I do really want to talk about that. And I also want to talk about the damage was that was done to the market. I'm going to get into that. Um, also, uh, the, the, I want to give out the latest email scam that's out there that is pretty slick. And I want to make sure you are aware of it. And the potential sh government shutdown that I didn't get a chance to talk about yesterday. There's December 7th and March 1st are two important days. Government shutdown. Now that we have a split Congress, uh, it could be an issue. Talk about that. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for listening. Please tell your friends, family, everybody. I would love to have them listen to the show. And, of course, you know, you can download our show through podcasts. You know, so we'd love to have you as a podcast listener as well. Just go to investtalk.com and you can you can podcast or download the software. The phone lines are open and I'm ready for your questions. So give me a call, 888-99-CHART. You're listening to an encore presentation of Invest Talk. Please call with your questions and comments, though, 888-99-CHART, 888-99-CHART, and Steve will answer them on the next Invest Talk. Okay, so the main talking point are the jobs you can do for home uh, and make a lot of money at it, you know, good, solid jobs. So here they are, marketing manager, average salary is $63,000. Marketing is very easy from home. You know, it, it, all you need is a computer and a phone. And you can be a market manager, manager, especially if you're you're supervising other other uh, uh, your your marketing staff out there. 
uh, it's easy because you're going to share documents. You can. It's it's nothing that I think it's just going to be continuing more and more and more. I see no reason why it shouldn't. The whole area of working from home is going to continue to grow. Software developer. I have a brother-in-law who's a software developer. Has worked from home for the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years. He doesn't work for a company unless he can work from home. And he, he develops software. Forensic computer analysis. Analyst, I'm sorry. Forensic computer analyst. I don't even know what that is. You, you, the candidate is supposed to support... Senior level team members conduct forensic data collection. I don't know what that means. I mean, I okay, I know what the terms mean, but I don't know what that means as far as a job. What do you actually do? Attorney? You know, you can average salary is about eighty one thousand for attorneys. Um, that seems to be kind of a simple thing. I mean, what do you do as an attorney? You research. You do research. You do that online. You file papers these days with the court well you're going to drive down to the court you don't have to be in an office you can drive down to the court from your house I, I, that seems like a pretty easy job to do from home um, IT manager business ana- analyst uh, and nurse practitioner that seems to be more and more common I know when my wife got bit by a couple of dogs and she had really bad wounds on her ankles, uh, at some point, nurse started coming to the house to change the bandages for several weeks, came every day or every other day. So that, that's, those are, I think jobs from home are going to do nothing but increase. It just makes sense because everything is done by computer. Everything I do, everything I can do is done by computer. I can do it from anywhere. I can do it from my phone. You, can, you don't have to be in an office. You really don't. That's just the way, you know, we've always done business in the past. Judy in Thousand Oaks, how you doing? I'm doing fine. Thanks for calling. Um, I have a question about exchange-traded funds. Mm-hmm. Do they pay dividends? Yes. If you buy a exchange-traded funds that has dividends, yes, they'll pay dividends, yes. Okay. There are some exchange-traded funds, Judy, that specialize in dividends. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That, <laughs> I, I just I, I haven't really got into exchange traded funds. I'm but. telling you, I think they're going to be, you know, it's a well, really good way, Judy, to instantly get diversified in this particular sector or a particular, or an index or a country. Very good way to instantly get yourself. And you can get out anytime. You can trade it like a stock. And you can short ETS if you want to. Well, the one reason I was interested is because I don't really understand international like some of the other companies that I'm in individually, so I mm-hmm. thought it would be better. Actually, it would be because you'll have a good diversification. Judy, thanks for the call. Hey, you're welcome. Let's go to Chris in San Jose. How you doing, Chris? Just fine, Steve. I had a question for you um, regarding uh, day trading. I sure. did not want to get involved in day trading, but while trading and buying some stocks, I got some warning from my trading platform saying that potential day trade. And when I talked to my broker, they were saying something about um, if you have less than, I think it was $25,000, you couldn't trade more than five trades in five days or something. Does that sound right to you? That's only because of your platform, your particular platform. Who you? Do you want to tell me who you're using? Um, I don't not, know if I would get in trouble for doing Okay, yeah. no, don't tell me that. No, that, that's that particular platform. Let's say you're using Scott Trade or you're using E-Trade. They have right. their own rules. You go to somebody else and there won't be any rules. You can go to somebody else and they'll have different rules. 
So, Chris, okay. it's only that platform. They're trying to discourage you from day trading. That's why they're doing it. Okay, yeah, because the way it was presented to me is if it was some sort of SEC rule, and I was wondering about that. There isn't. That's wrong. There, there is uh, a, a three-day clearing that they could wait three days, but even that, that's, that's old thinking. They're, they don't have to wait three days, but a lot of companies still do. In other words, when you do a trade trade, you're buy and sell, you know, the, for them to click, before you can use that money again, they got to wait three days. That used to right. be the, the old rule, but that's not necessarily so anymore. But a lot of platforms say well, you got to wait three days. They're discouraging day trading because they think people can't, you know, they're too many people losing money. Yeah, it's well, I'm not, I'm not trying to day, day trade, but it just came out that way, you yeah. know. So at any rate, uh, yeah, yeah I, I just wanted to find out basically what the real the real deal was i appreciate yeah it. it's just a, it's just their their particular rules sec has uh guidelines for everybody okay and you can interpret those guidelines differently and one of those things is you're supposed to know your customer that's one of the guidelines you're supposed to uh uh re, uh, make sure you reduce the amount of risk give the the client the best uh fill on their prices there's all these guidelines and so the companies are left with, well, I have to set up rules to fall within these guidelines. And the SEC doesn't tell you what rules, so you kind of have to make up your own rules, and then they come in and audit and say, I accept your rules. So they've just got, I think they just got strict, that's all. That particular I see. Okay, well, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate the call. Monday on Talk. wholesale inflation surged in October at the fastest pace in six years. However... Other inflation measures has leveled off. Why did that surge, though? See, I, that's going to be part of my oil, my oil discussion today. Tells you why that surge. But we'll talk about it more in depth. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions now at 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call InvestTalk every day asking to share our winning process. And they, too, can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? YCharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YCharts has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious, get YCharts.
You're listening to an encore presentation of Invest Talk. Please call with your questions and comments, though, 888 99CHART, 888 99CHART, and Steve will answer them on the next Invest Talk. Okay, 888 99CHART is my number, 888 992 4278. Let's go to Scott in Temecula. Hi, Scott, how are you doing? Um, I am wondering about a 529 plan for my child. Okay. And uh, I was under the understanding that there was another program that you could do. What yes. my concern is, is if my child decides not to go to college, what happens to that money? And then is there another plan to where he could use it for, like, in a home and or college, whatever it is that he chooses? Yeah, very good question, uh, Scott. A 529 plan is a state-sponsored plan. Each state has its own 529. Scott, are you concerning one to California or Illinois or where? I am in California, and... Uh, I can purchase anywhere, correct? Yes. You don't have to buy a California plan. Matter of fact, California plan is not the best. It's right. Illinois is the reason why I even mentioned Illinois because I know they have a good plan. Okay. Okay, let's talk about the difference between a 529 plan and what's called a Coverdell, IRS, IRA. It used to be called the uh, educational IRA. It's called a Coverdell IRA. Or Coverdell ESA, I, I, they, you know, they're all they're trying to make it confusing, uh-huh. but just think about it. it's called a Coverdell, and it's an IRA type plan. Okay. Now Coverdell, you can put up to two thousand dollars a year in it for your child, which is much more limited than a five twenty nine. Five twenty nine, you could put up a lot more money. Uh-huh. Okay, so there's that issue. But a five twenty nine plan has to be used for accredited college education only. A Coverdell can be used for any educational program. Your child is a boy or girl? Boy. And he wanted to go to a beauty school? Yeah. You could use the Coverdell money for that. He gotcha. wanted to go to a truck driving school? You can use a Coverdell money for that. Gotcha. But you couldn't use the 529 because that's for an accredited college. So we're talking about Berkeley or UCLA or somebody. Right. You know. Big what difference. if we did a 529 plan and he decided that he did not want to go to college at all? Okay. What happens to the account? Okay. Then the 529 plan has to be rolled over to somebody else to be used for college. You can take the money, but you will be penalized. Probably. Great deal. Yeah. You do not want to do that. Okay, Scott, the best way to do this is have three children and take one 529 plan. Right. If the first one doesn't use it, roll it over the second one. <laughs> the second right, one doesn't right. use it, roll it over the third one. Are you going to have more than one child? I would like to. I'm trying to uh, talk my wife into it, but uh, <laughs> maybe I can use this as a, as a hook. Okay, there you go. I would suggest you start with a Coverdell because you can even use that for, like, elementary school, a private school. You can use it for, like, computers and books. Okie dokie. Good luck, uh, you know, and, uh, and Scott, don't think the laws won't change. There's going to be changes as he gets older and older and older. There'll be changes. Oh, yeah. You know, keep track of them. All right, thank you. Thanks, Scott. 888-99-CHART is our number, everybody. You can reach us. We have lines open, 888-992-4278. Let's go to Carlos in Stockton. I'm 22 years old, have a pretty good job, and I've been interested recently in, like, e-trading. I really don't know nothing about it. Yeah, online, online trading on it. Yeah. Okay. I have money to play with, but, you know, I just don't know the steps, and I really don't know nothing about it. Okay, let's talk about that for a second. So you have to start to educate yourself a little bit, you know. Anybody can go and buy a stock they heard about on TV, uh-huh. you know, or read about in a newspaper. 
but you'll be investing with the total lack of knowledge. You wouldn't know if when do you sell, you know, what stocks you should buy. You're buying stocks because someone else said it was a good stock and you're just yeah. buying it. That's not a good way to invest. You already made the first step, Carlos, by saying I have the interest. You have to start somewhere and you're only 22. You're a young guy. You know, you're just now getting, getting, getting involved now. Peter Lynch has a pretty easy book to read. Okay. It's called Beating the Street. It's only about 200 pages. It's pretty simple. It tells you how he invests. It talks about invest in stocks that you know, like you're at the store and you see uh, some product that you saw that is just selling lot high cakes, like maybe Nike tennis shoes or something. Yeah. You know, he talks about very, very fundamental, easy stuff to just pay attention to the things around you and then you start there. That book is a very good book to start. It's a beginner book. It's by Peter Lynch, L-Y-N-C-H, as Beating the Street. It's a very, very good book for a beginner. And, you know, Carlos, come to our conferences. You just need to start listening to this show. You'll see that I'll talk about basics. And I'll tell you one thing, Carlos, that is true no matter what. Stocks go up if their earnings go up. I know it sounds simple. It really is simple, but there's so many stocks that people buy where they don't have any earnings or have any hope of earnings, or it's just a story that sounds good, but over the long haul, all stocks go up if their earnings go up. So they have to have their sales go up and their earnings per share, and everything's done in earnings per share. There's so many shares in the stock. You know, if it has a million shares, what is its earnings per share? It's a dollar per share. If it makes a dollar per share this year, it's going to make a dollar twenty per share next year, and it makes another dollar fifty the year after. That stock will eventually go up because the earnings are going up. So there's just one cardinal rule. If I could beat that into your head, <laughs> you will be successful over the long haul. That's what I'm talking about. Let's start with the earnings. If earnings go up, then the stock will go up. And you can get that earnings almost anywhere on the net. Carlos, good luck and keep tuned into the station. And I think you'll pick it up. It just takes some time. That's all. Thank you very much. Thanks, Carlos. Have a great day. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we stream and broadcast Invest Talk live at this hour every day, Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time. Monday through Friday. It, of course, it's also available 24 hours a day, seven days a week via podcast. You can get it uh, you know, on your podcast. And we'd love, to, love for you to do that. You can download it through iTunes, Spotify, or Google. And we'd like to rate us, too. We'd like you to rate us. I want to hear it. Lines are open. We're, talking, we're, we're taking your financial questions, any financial questions you want to talk about. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they are committed to reason and common sense guidance, and that can help make you a better investor. And this philosophy is implemented for KPP clients and across all Invest Talk platforms broadcast radio, live streaming, podcast replays, plus the KPP Premium Newsletter, Invest Talk webinars, and the new online training class, Invest Talk Academy. Principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have over 60 years of combined experience in portfolio and money management. You can reach out to Steve or Justin by calling their Dana Point, California KPP Financial Office or by sending them a message through investtalk.com. The Invest Talk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. 
1-800-792-4278. Love to talk to you. We got oil. Oil has gone down numerous days. Okay. And it would hit a record if it fell down and fell again today. Record number of days in a row. And this is this this is after it made really good highs in October. And so oil fell down. It's fallen more than 20% from a high. Why am I even talking about that? Because there is the CPI that came out, which is the Consumer Price Index came out for October. And it said that we had a lot more inflation than was expected. Six-tenths percent growth uh, in inflation month over month, which was when they expected two percent, two-tenths of percent, and it was two-tenths of percent the month before. So everybody, you know, is getting a little bit alarmed. Oh, my goodness, the Federal Reserve, you know, is going to raise rates because inflation's Okay, most of that CPI number was caused by oil, the price of gasoline at the pump, and oil prices. And we've had now nine straight days, 20% fall in oil prices. So, what do you think the CPI is going to do in this month, November? If this oil keeps falling like it is, there will not be... This an inflation that we saw last month will disappear this month because most of that inflation was caused by oil. So you really have to kind of understand what's going on out there, what's causing these things to happen. Is there inflation in the system? Well, yeah, there's inflation. There's more worry about wage inflation because we have such full employment that wage inflation could start to heat up, but it's not getting out of control or anything. It's just rising slowly. The Fed even said this week that inflation is rising slowly. So then it's not that big of a deal. But I wanted you, you know, not to worry about that CPI number because of the oil. And it's already fallen hard already in November. So I thought that was interesting. I thought we need to share that. We're going to go to Gordon and ask Candido. How are you doing, Gordon? Well, great. And I'm really happy that you took my call and that I wish I could have known about you guys a long time ago. Oh, well. <laughs> I've just been listening the last uh, about four months, so it's, and I'm using it as my education. Well, great. I, Thank yeah, you. Yeah, and I've just got two daughters through college, and now I've got to take care of myself. The Teamsters Union took our retirement some time ago, so I'm really just starting all over, and one of my questions is, is I only get to listen to you on bits and pieces in between okay. my work, and I'm a sole proprietor on, uh, I do construction, I'm just, uh, I do a lot of handyman stuff. Okay. How much can I put in the Roth IRA first? Are you over 50? 63. So. Oh gosh, you don't sound that old. That's but, great. The reason why I ask if you're over 50, because you get what's called a, um, a step up. It's $4,500 at age 50 and over. It's 4000 under. But if you're self-employed, you can also open up like a SEP IRA. Now you're talking twelve, thirteen thousand. Yeah, because I feel like I need to pack in as much as I can in the time that I have. That's probably a smart thing, yes. And you have right. to start taking it at age 70 and a half. You know that, right? Oh, at 70. Wow. That's... 70 and a half, you have to start taking it out of the traditional IRA. At 70 and a half, excuse me, you don't have to take any of it ever out of the Roth. But at a traditional IRA, you have to start taking it at 70 and a half. Okay, I need to make as much as possible so I can get you to invest the rest. That's right. I'd love to do that for you. <laughs> yeah, we have uh, aggressive and moderately conservative portfolios, depending on which one you want. 
Yeah, I like you guys. I've listened to you. I'm really, uh, I think you guys are right on. Yeah. Gordon, I appreciate the call. Thank you. Thank you for taking it. I appreciate your program. Thank you, Gordon. I appreciate that, too. Let's go to Steve in Anaheim. How are you doing, Steve? I have my money in a lot of different places. Uh, I have some deferred comp. I have 401ks. Huh? But I also have some money in annuities. And I always hear a lot of the investment programs talking about annuities are not so great. It's why they're not so good. Remember, annuities are our insurance product. They're very complex. They're legalese. If you ever try to read that annuity document, you would probably get lost, okay? Exactly. And that works to the insurance company's benefit, obviously, because it is confusing. Attorneys can't figure that darn thing out. So I used <laughs> to be in the insurance business, Steve. I know what they do. But let's make it simple. Why aren't annuities good? Because I don't like them either. Why? The thing that they hook you on is they guarantee you a return, right? It could be as good as 5 6 7% a few years ago. Bad thing about annuities, here's a couple of things. One, you were required to hold on to them for a certain length of period of time, usually 7 to 10 years. Yeah. Number two, if it is a annuity that's tracked to the stock market, do you have choices like can you buy the S&P 500 index or mutual funds or something like that? I think it is, yes. I'm okay. pretty sure. So they, what they do is they give you choices to buy the stock market. But there's fees for this. The annuity, the insurance company charges you a fee. The mutual fund that you're buying charges you a fee. And the annuities are very high. Their fees are very, very high. They're kind of hidden, but they're very high. They also limit your return. You can't make as much as the stock market in 10 years. And the reason why they have holding periods, 10 years, because there's never been a 10-year period in the stock market's history where the stock market has not gone up. They know it's going to go up. That's why they can guarantee you that money. Now, annuities are a tax-deferred instrument. You never use an IRA to buy annuity because it's already a tax-deferred instrument. But what happens in annuity is you get a false sense of its growth because you don't have to pay taxes. You don't have to pay capital gains taxes until you sell it. When you sell it 10 years from now, all the capital gains that has been built up in that annuity are due. That means your returns, you say, oh, I made 20%, great. Maybe you only made 10% because you haven't paid the taxes yet. Oh, gosh. And you don't know what that tax responsibility is. They don't know that until you sell it. So there's a lot of little negatives. When, Steve, you could just go buy an S&P 500 index outside the annuity, and you'll do much better if you held it for the same length of time. <laughs> well, That's thanks why. for the info. I appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate the Bye. call. Annuities, everybody. It's only for special situations, really special situations that you would want it. And usually that's trying to transfer your money to the next generation. Very, very special. Okay, let's grab another question. 888-99-CHART. Hey, this is John from Phoenix. If you could choose one sector of the market to invest in this year, um, that you think will grow the most starting today and then ending next year at this time. What sector of the market do you think it would be and why? Thank you, and I look forward to hearing your answer. Well, I think I actually answered that earlier in the show. I like utilities. I like big non-cyclical stocks for the next year. Uh, non-cyclical, pay high dividends, and non-cyclical, meaning they're not attached to economic cycle. What does that mean? That means like drug companies. Drug companies sell drugs no matter what the economy is doing. You need your drugs, you need your drugs. That means like uh, uh, utilities, telephone, 
there's there's a number of sectors that are not attached to the economic cycle. Uh, consumer staples, even though I wouldn't do consumer staples, but that's a non-cyclical sector. That's what I mean. Those are the kinds of stocks that will do a lot better in a slowing economy. And I think we've peaked on our economy. It doesn't mean that we're going to go into recession right away. No, it just means that we peaked. We may stay near this peak and we might get a little softer. But no, you don't even have to believe me. Take a look at the FANG stocks. How have they done in the last October and so far this month? You know, in general. Compare that with the utility stocks. Just make that comparison. Tell me what you see. This is Invest Talk, and I'm Steve Peasley. Our Friday show is wrapping up soon. You only got about 10 minutes. Give me a call, 888 99 Chart. You're listening to an encore presentation of Invest Talk. Please call with your questions and comments, though, 888 99 Chart, 888 99 CHART, and Steve will answer them on the next Invest Talk. Let's go to Jack and go to Nigel. How are you doing, Jack? Good. Thanks, Steve, for uh, taking my call. Thanks for making it. Yeah, my uh, question or uh, thing is about uh, retirement. I retired uh, four years ago at 62. Okay. And what I've experienced is probably like a lot of people have. You're not prepared for a lot of increases that come your way, like Medicare, medical insurance that drops, and you have uh, subsidiaries that have to be picked up. Also, uh, inflation and other things. So my thing is, you know, you're talking about you need at least 80% of what you were living on before you retired. Yes. I would plan for 110%. That way, (laughs) that way. (laughs) That'd be nice. No surprises. That's right. In other words, you're saying in your experience that you actually need just as much as when you're working, oh. as you as when you're retired, your expenses do not go down. Absolutely, they, and then you they have to do keep not up. go down. Jack, I've heard people tell me this before. Many times it goes up, not because you're necessarily you know living a more lavish lifestyle, but what happens is you have a lot of freedom. And there's several things. Freedom means, well, I'm going to go have some fun. Fun sometimes costs money. The other side is what you pointed out. Well, as we all get older, medical costs tend to go up, not down. Dramatically. Yeah, and some of it, you know, if you have an illness, you need to be prepared for that. You know, that's one of my biggest fears, Jack, is, uh, you know, Medicaid, Medi-Cal, Medicare. How much is that going to pay? And how much do I have to pay? It's going to get less and less unless they get this thing corrected. Yeah. Do you see that happening? Well, I I have no clue, so I would say no. Yeah, I think they're going to make us pay a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Because where are they going to get the money? Taxes. Yeah. (laughs) Or raise taxes. Yeah. yeah. Jack, appreciate the question. Appreciate right. the comment. I appreciate Bye-bye. that. Yeah, everybody. Just, you know, in retirement, you need to have money or you're not going to retire. And I'll say this. You don't have to retire. Retirement is not necessarily what we all think it is, where you just stop working and you kick back and you don't do anything. No, you might retire from what you don't want to do to something you do want to do and still get paid. You might cut back your hours, but not truly retire, retire, maybe work part-time, or have special projects and become a consultant. There's different ways to do it, and I would suggest that you don't just cut it, cut and dry. I don't think you should just cut it off completely, because that's a shock to your system, trust me on this. Both your financial system and your mental system, you know, all of a sudden stop working. It's hard to do. 888 chart you got time maybe for one more call. Uh, let's talk about, there was, a, there was an email 
scam that came out. This one is with a fizing or fizzing or whatever they call it. Okay, this is about a guy who got an email from Apple saying you need to contact them immediately because you downloaded an infected program. And they'd send this out right after the same day you get a, a notice from Apple about an update from Apple to download this update. So it kind of ties in. Oh, maybe there's something wrong with that. Maybe I... You know, maybe I did something. See, it's really smart because they're tied into that. They when they you call them up, they give them the Apple Apple Services Apple Tech Tech Department. So now you think, okay, I call them. They but you gave they gave you the number, and then they they ask for information. They then ask for a they want a remote remote access to your computer to fix the problem. It's a very believable thing, especially for people my age who are not all that tech savvy. And it, you know, you're calling them on the number and they answer Apple and you think you're you're pretty and, and you got software that you downloaded this morning from Apple thinking there's a problem for that. It pretty pretty slick, I think. I think it was pretty slick. So be aware. What you do is anytime you get an email from somebody and they say, call me to fix something or you, that, <coughs> that should be a red flag. You don't, you don't call them on the number they give you. You call it like if it's a big company, you pick up the phone, you ask for information, you get their phone number. You don't use the phone number someone else is giving you in their little email. And the email could look very legit like it's from Apple. Can look that way. But that you don't pick up the phone and call them. You do not. You 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 get information on Apple. You find out where they are. You get tech support. You find the phone number. Okay. Don't let them tell you. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. And I really do appreciate it. And I hope you have a great weekend this week. Uh, thanks for all the podcast listeners. We appreciate that too. For seeing podcasting for us, I do appreciate it. And I want you all to have a good weekend. Uh, again, I, you know, one of our sponsors is Charts, and we uh, encourage you to check them out and take their free uh, free trial. Go, you know, so please do so. Thanks for listening, everybody, and have a great weekend. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Invest Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.